This is The Culture Code with Kevin Cruz, founder and CEO of LeadX, the platform that helps you scale and sustain a high-performance culture. Welcome to Culture Code. Our guest today is the VP of Culture and ESG at HubSpot, Emer Marinin. Emer, where are you joining us from today? I am joining from home in Dublin, Ireland, a West Dublin, Ireland. We were joking beforehand, but it's been our wettest July and August in history. So I feel like I'm on a soapbox talking about that consistently. Dublin, Ireland. So I'm just outside Philadelphia. And as I'm sure you know, Americans love to tell Irish folks the Irish in them. So I have to do my part, let you know that my great grandfather, Patrick McLaren, came from County Cork through Ellis Island, but I haven't been to Ireland yet. I think I'm going to fix that next year because I can't. I'm 56 years old and I've never been to Ireland. I'm kind of ashamed about that. You should be ashamed. You have to come <laughs> and come in and visit us at HubSpot as well. If you're there, make sure to hook to um, tap into us for sure. I will definitely do that. So HubSpot's clearly in the digital marketing and sales space, like a legendary company. But for those who might not be familiar with your company, tell us in plain language just a little bit about what you guys do and how big the company is. Yeah, totally. So HubSpot is what we call a CRM platform. And CRM stands for Customer Relationship Management. And so we provide software and support to help companies grow better. Um, So said differently, we provide marketing, sales and service tools to help more than 177,000 customers scale. And then in terms of size, so we have over 7,000 employees globally, uh, so from around the world, and we're a hybrid company. So those 7,000 employees can work remotely from one of our 12 global offices or do a mix of both. So I know you mentioned you're in Dublin. Where is the headquarters, though, of, uh, you know, among the 12 global offices? Yeah. So our headquarters is in Cambridge in Boston over in Mass- or Cambridge, Massachusetts is probably the most correct term. I was going to say Cambridge, Boston. Um, <laughs> and so and our EMEA HQ then is here in Dublin. So majority oh, wow. of the team are actually based in the U.S. How often do you get to Boston? Yeah, it's a great question. Well, I, do you know what? I joined HubSpot in the midst of COVID. So I joined in May 2020. And so there was a really long period of time where I actually never traveled. And so it's only recently that I got the opportunity to go over and visit uh, the team. And so I've been there twice now, which has been brilliant and great to meet the team and see my own team and my own boss, and my manager in person. So that's been brilliant. That's great. When it comes to company culture, obviously what this podcast is, is all about, you know, people define culture differently and there's different types of culture. HubSpot is known for having a very vibrant culture. I mean, how would you describe your culture in just a few words? Yeah, that's a really good question. I'm kind of a hard one. I'm going to be annoying and describe it in a few different ways. (laughs) Okay with you. Um, But I do think the great thing, by the way, is for anyone that wants to learn more about our culture or understand a bit more about it, we've actually written it down. Um, So in 2013, our co-founder, Dharmesh Shah, wrote something called the Culture Code, which is actually a 120-page slide deck. And it goes into what we value, how we work, and who we aspire to be. So I'll describe it in a few words, but definitely check that out if you uh, want to learn more. But in this Culture Code, we talk about, like I said, our culture and our values. And I think our culture is best described as, first of all, solving for the customer. That's our front and center, kind of first and foremost. Being remarkably transparent. We favor autonomy, accountability, and flexibility. And then we're also committed to building a diverse, inclusive and sustainable organization. And so I think that is a really good summation of the company that we're trying to build. And then I think the other thing that's important about our culture is, and we speak to this in the culture code, we talk about our values. 
And so our values really are the traits that we admire and that we celebrate. And they're summarized in the acronym HEART. And so what HEART stands for is humble, empathetic, adaptable, remarkable, and transparent. And so again, those things that you'll, if you're in HubSpot, you'll hear us talk about uh, a lot. So the question I'm going to get to is, so, you know, how do you foster this culture? How do you teach the culture to new joiners? How do you sustain it for, you know, the the veterans? And already you mentioned that uh, Darmesh has this massive deck. So it's been very well, well defined, well thought yeah. through. But what are some of the more practical ways that you, you know, indoctrinate people in this positive culture and and in heart? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Because I do also think, by the way, that's where a lot of companies go wrong. I think culture can just be words on paper unless you actually take the time to invest and make sure that you're activating your culture in the right way. So I actually really like and appreciate this question. I think there's probably three things that come to mind. I think the first thing is we actually invest in our culture and we spend time thinking about it. And I mean, you referenced our mesh wrote it down. So that's really important. We have my team and my role and not many companies have that. And so my team's job is to actually help activate our culture and then drive initiatives in support of our culture and keep an eye on our culture and cultural health. And I think then that brings me on to the second thing. The next thing we do to kind of foster and sustain our culture is actually measure it. And so we measure our culture on an annual basis in our EMPS survey. Um, So that's our engagement survey. And the reason we do this is we need to see how we're doing and get feedback from our employees. And we also need to see if there's anything that we need to course correct. Like I kind of think the world of culture has been turned on its head a little bit over the last few years. And certainly we transitioned into a new work model as we turned into hybrid. And all of that has an impact on our culture and making sure that we do have the right activations in place. And so being prepared to evolve your culture as well, I think is something that we do. And so that's the measurement piece. And then I think the third piece is there are kind of a few experiences, I suppose, or activations, or you can say definitely rituals or traditions that we have in place at HubSpot again, to really bring your culture to life. I can call out a few of those. I think, you know, I spoke about solving for the customer. And I think that is super important, even if you're not in a customer facing role or you're not necessarily working on the product. And so I think a really good example of that is we have a company meeting once a quarter. And the first slot at that company meeting is a customer interview. Mm -hmm. And so we ask a customer to join us and we talk to them live in front of all 7,000 employees. And we ask them, what's working for you as you think about our product, but also what's not? Like we need that feedback from our customers and we need everyone to hear that. And it's awesome. Like it's their opportunity to tell everyone in sales and in product what they would like. And we also ask them, you know, if they had a magic wand, what would they change? And I think that might seem so simple, but again, it's all those moments that kind of help bring that to life and make sure that people truly are solving for the customer first. I think the next thing that we do is, again, like we focus on fun. And so once a year we have Heart Week. So Heart Week is a week-long celebration to celebrate our values and talk about our values and kind of honestly remind people of our values. We're a growing company. And so exactly like you said, we need to make sure that we're constantly talking about our culture all the way from onboarding through to when people move on from HubSpot. And that's a week of fun. We hear from our leaders as we lean into transparency And we also do things kind of focused on humble or humility to give back to our communities. So that's the second thing I think that comes to mind. And then I think the final thing is, like I said, I mentioned our want to build a diverse, kind of inclusive and sustainable company. And so that's all around growing, you know, how do we grow our people in the right way? And how do we make sure that they have opportunities to 
take a break and unwind. And so one of my favorite traditions is our annual week of rest, which we're just finished. So that's a week off in early July where the entire company uh, shuts down. And so HubSpotters return from that week of rest without having to worry about their emails clogging up or having a really busy inbox. So I personally love that. And I think, again, it, it speaks to investing in our people, making sure we're kind of a people-centric organization and that we're being inclusive and, uh, and finding ways to help grow our employees. So hopefully that gives you a little taster of some of the things we do. Emer, it's a feast. It's not just a taster. And I know there's so much more. And I'm like furiously jotting down some things. So first, I want to, I've obviously talked to a lot of chief people officers, heads of experience, et cetera. And yeah. while I often hear about all hands meetings, I've actually, it's the first time I've heard of this idea of you always start with a customer interview. I mean, that is so powerful. Like that is very unique. I also, just for our listeners, I sort of have a, as a writer, I kind of have an ear for language and you use the magic wand question. You said you asked customers, like if you had a magic wand, what, what could you change? And just as like a bonus tip out there, like that question, it's an old sales question, but it's so powerful. In fact, I'm going to use it on you in a minute about in a follow-up question, but asking your team members, if you had a magic wand, what would you do to make your role even better? Or if you had a magic wand, whatever, like it's just so great that you're asking your customers that, and that question can be used all over the place. And you talked about hub spotters. Yeah, I noticed companies with great cultures, there's a name for, <laughs> for the tribe. So I'm, I'm hearing all of a sudden the tribe name come out. And then finally, I was hoping you were, I was going to ask you about rest week because it kind of blows my mind. You know, like everybody's got paid time off or unlimited PTO. There's pros and cons of that. You actually have a week in the middle of the year. You know, it's kind of common for people to slow down or shut down at the end of the year. Yeah. But it's very rare. In fact, I don't know if I've heard of anyone else doing it. Like you take a full week in the middle of the year. My question is, do people actually take it? Or is it one of those things where, all right, I know we're supposed to take it off, but I've got so much work to do. Or I'm so ambitious around here, I'm going to show up and send out a few emails just so like the higher ups all know that I was in here working away. How do you manage for that? It's a, a really good question. I think when we first planned for our week, so actually just to give you a little bit of context around how this came about. So I mentioned that I joined during COVID and we kind of all remember those moments with the level of PTSD, I think, especially for employees everywhere. And I think there was a level of burnout that employees and employers experienced that they'd never experienced before. And we certainly uh, felt that at HubSpot. And so as part of our EMPS survey, we actually tested for burnout back in 2021. And we definitely heard that our employees needed help. And so we introduced an initiative, which we call the five ORs. And it's a mix of like giving people time back. So dedicated time. So as an example, we now have no meeting Friday so that you can focus on deep work. The annual week of rest was born as a result of that. And then we focused on some other things that I would say were more, were kind of deeper, really focusing on like the cause of burnout around like managers, like safety and making sure that managers had kind of the right level of resources. But so that was the first year that we tested the annual week of rest back in 2021. And there was definitely a level of skepticism and a level of nervousness, especially knowing that we're so customer driven. Like, how can you shut down for a week? And what do we do from a customer perspective? And so as everything we piloted for a week, we got ahead of it pretty quickly and we actually told our customers. So we sent out notification to them, letting them know that we were taking a break. We needed to invest in our employees and kind of practice what we preached. They were super receptive, as were our employees. We then retested burnout the year after and our burnout rate dropped and we had really, really positive feedback from the week of rest. And so 
it continues. I would say there's a couple of things that we have done to make sure that people take it seriously and truly take the time. Our leaders talk about it. So we joke about the company meeting where we talk about um, our customers. We had our leaders, all of our executive level team from CEO on down to talk about what they're doing for their week of rest. And so they lead from the front. That is so, so important because you have to have leadership buy-in and show people what your leaders are doing and same with our managers. And again, like we publish it, we tell our customers, we talk about it loudly and people take it. And of course there, you know, we do have a volunteer skeleton team that are there to support our customers just in case anything goes wrong. That's truly volunteer. And then they can take time back whenever, but it certainly works. Like I love it. And it's funny, I actually pointedly never go on vacation that week. I take it as a self-care week. I've got three kids, my most difficult job being a mom of three. And so I always leave my kids in, we say, crash in Ireland or in daycare. And I have a self-care week and I don't go on vacation because I take my vacation at the end of the summer before the kids go back to school. And I also think it's important to talk about that, by the way. Having a week off in July doesn't mean that you shouldn't or can't take vacation at a time that works best. And so I think something, you know, again, we're a transparent culture and talking about that stuff and normalizing it is super important. And I think that's why it works. It's great. So I want to follow up because I was going to ask you about sort of how you get feedback from employees. I want to sort of double click on that annual survey. So in many organizations, there's a like VP of employee experience who owns the survey process. Do you own that or do you have a separate experience group? Yeah, it's a great question. So we have a people analytics team. So our people analytics team own the design and analysis of the survey. And then from a cultural perspective, I would say I own kind of actioning the results from a kind of global company uh, side and publishing those results out to the company. And then what we also do is we actually give managers that have eight or more direct reports that have completed the survey their own relays to make sure that they're actioning those results, which is super important. But it's probably a joint partnership between my team and then our people analytics team. And annual survey, not pulsing? No, it's actually a quarterly survey. Oh, it's a quarterly survey. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it's a quarterly survey. The surveys that I was kind of referring to, so we have one, we call it our baseline survey. So Mm -hmm. it's where we ask a ton of questions. Yeah. And we use that to center our action plan for the year. And then we pulse check then every quarter. And we don't ask, honestly, more than four questions because we need people to answer it. There's a mix of EMPS kind of like engagement score surveys and then open-ended questions where people can add in like what is working and what's not working. If we ask more than that, I know there'll be survey fatigue and, and people won't answer. So that's kind of an important nuance. Yeah. And for our listeners, and so many of the listeners are going to be interested in engagement and culture. You're talking about using the ENPS, so the Employee Net Promoter Score methodology, which is the single question. And that's really good for pulse surveys because it's one question. Now, there will be counter arguments that that's not what ENPS was created for. It doesn't capture all of engagement. So a lot of models, including LeadX, use a three-question dimension to capture it. We did a study looking at the correlation between the one-question ENPS versus the three-question model, and it was over 80% correlated. So if you want to get that final 20%, go to the three-question model. If you're looking to do pulses, you get eighty over 80% of the insights from that single question. So I am always fascinated by what great organizations are doing to develop frontline leaders because yeah. 70% of the variance in engagement, how we feel about work, is tied back to our manager. And I believe there's a lot of truth to that line of, you know, you join a company, you leave a bad boss. And yeah. so by definition, you know, using traditional language, you know, the frontline leaders, 
our the filter of communication engagement to more lives, more souls than anyone else, you know? And so what are some of the things you're doing to develop this frontline leader group? Yeah, absolutely. You're so right. Manager training and enablement, they're just, they're critical. And I've actually found that like enabling our managers is even more important now, especially for hybrid and remote companies, especially knowing such a large proportion of our managers have joined HubSpot remotely. And so we really needed to kind of invest there. I'd say for that group in particular, we do a couple of things. So we have a dedicated learning and talent development team. And that team hosts something called Leadership Foundations. And so that is for any new managers that either joined HubSpot or managers that have gotten promoted. And actually, you can go back and retake Leadership Foundations if you want, if you need a bit of a refresher. And that walks through kind of the life cycle of being a manager and offers different skills and trainings to our managers. We then also have self-service leadership courses, again, built by our learning and talent development team. And that focuses on topics like coaching, feedback and performance management, things that are really important at HubSpot. And then we have a ton of self-service materials, especially around hybrid enablement. Like, And some of the, I would say most practical, but most asked questions like, I'm a new manager. How do I host an offsite? How do I host an offsite across time zones? How do I have a performance conversation when I'm not in the same room as my employee? And then also learning from other managers. I think, again, that's what's most successful. Like theory is great, but often theory is really hard to consume. What people want to hear is they want to hear from others around what worked and what didn't work. And so that kind of self-service enablement material has been really good. And then we also have a program called Hub Talks. And so that's where we bring in external folk to actually, again, teach us about a topic that's kind of top of mind. We've just launched one for our manager population called the Coaching Corner. And so again, that's helping managers connect around their peers and talking around topics that are really, really important. So we had an amazing guy, Marcus Collins, in with us at the beginning of the summer. He just um, released a book called For the Culture, which I'd highly recommend talking to us about culture and building an inclusive culture. We have Dom Price from Atlassian. Um, he's doing a talk in JPAC. And then we actually have Kim Scott in from Radical, in kind of Radical Candor fame. We're huge Kim Scott fans. So she's joining us in September. Kim's as great. Part of the Corner series. So that's, yeah, a bit of a taste of what we do. Fantastic. So we only have a few more minutes, unfortunately, with this short format podcast. So I'm going to move kind of quickly, but you've covered so many great initiatives is there any one in particular that you're most proud of or that you'd want to make sure we we highlight? I did want to give a plug, actually, a shameless plug to our newly launched initiative called Connect4. And so again, off the back of our recent EMPS survey, we found that upon moving to a hybrid organization, people feel disconnected from others outside of their teams. And so the idea of Connect4 was building ways to actually connect hub spotters together and connecting them kind of in, again, a virtual world, appreciating that everyone's in an office. And so that really focuses on connecting with the purpose, ease of connection, connection equitably. So it doesn't matter where you are. And then making sure that uh, we're connecting sustainably. So connection doesn't just mean we're flying everybody around the world. We're highly focused on ESG and on being net carbon zero by 2040. So that's a hyper mm. important. Awesome. Admirable goal. That's great. That's great. Thank you. So if you could send one book to all of your colleagues, what book might that be? I would send, I'm going to do a radical candor situation because we're also focused on high performance right now. And so we are definitely trying to teach the behavior of giving kind of candid, uh, direct, and I would say empathetic feedback. And so read Kim Scott's Radical Candor. I learned something always when I read that and I encourage everyone to do the same. 
Yeah, it's one of my favorite, favorite books. Uh, that's great. So here's the magic wand question back at you. So yes. if you could wave your magic wand <laughs> and suddenly all of the hub spotters leaned into one particular skill or behavior a little bit more, they developed one particular skill or behavior a little bit more, what would it be? It is a good question. Like I do come back to the radical candor piece. I think that because we are so focused on transparency, kind of remarkability and empathy, as we are trying to build a high performing culture, like often they can feel at odds with one another. Like how can you give feedback in a way that is not overly empathetic? And ultimately we want to make sure that we're focused on results and we're kind of um, doing that in the right way. And so I would ask all of our HubSpot is to lean into feedback and make sure that we're helping collectively build kind of an organization of the future and that we're helping our peers and our managers grow in the right way. And so practicing feedback because it's tough, but making sure that, yeah, it's direct, kind of clear and kind is the way to go. And what is exciting you the most about HubSpot right now? Yeah, you know what? I'm actually really proud of the fact that we are still committed to being a hybrid organization. I think every day you see more companies that are returning to an office situation and we're not. And I think if anything... Again, it pays homage to our culture. We are trying to build an inclusive culture and flexibility is so core to that. People need to work where it suits them best. And I think we're trying to be really loud around showing that actually our most engaged employees are our remote employees and our sales team and our engineers are as productive remotely as they are in an office. And so I'm proud of that. We're sticking with it and we're going to do whatever we can to influence others uh, to come with us. I'm not looking to throw shade, so I'm not going to mention it, but like within the last 24 hours of this interview, a very oh. welcome company. I just, saw. <laughs> Hence my pride moment. I with saw. With some irony that they're going back to the office. I don't want to wreck my chances of doing that interview, so I'm not going to talk about it too much. Okay. But it was, it is amazing that you're seeing companies that you kind of thought and many of their employees thought were always going to be hybrid or even fully remote changing that a little bit. And so it's great that you're seeing success because it shows it is possible to do it right. You don't have to sacrifice performance and results and high standards when you let people have some flexibility. So that's fantastic. Yeah, totally. I mean, like I said, I said before, I'm a mom of three, like I would not be able to have a career if I had to go into an office every day. And I know there's many more people that have different scenarios at home. That means they work best from home and having that flexibility. And so I think people need to spend more time thinking about how we work as opposed to where we work. That's going to solve the problem. An office won't. You said it well. We'll leave it there. Emer, thanks for all the work you're doing shaping great culture. And uh, thanks for spending some minutes with us today to, to share what you've learned. Uh, it's, again, it's a great model for success. Pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Culture Code Podcast. Are you looking to build, refine, or revamp a training program? We team up with companies like Northwestern Mutual, Cineos Health, and Duck Creek Technologies to roll out highly engaging training series for emerging leaders, new managers, women in leadership, high potential managers, sales enablement, and more. Check it out at leadx.org. What makes these series so uniquely engaging? We help you build a full system of development that leverages our cutting-edge platform and world-class training. We blend together world-class cohort-based virtual training and group coaching, personalized nudges, micro-learning, and on-demand office-hour-style coaching. Go check it out at leadx.org.